Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. And I am Kelly. I'm feeling particularly tranquil today. Yeah, expand on that tranquility, Andrew, if you would like to. I'm feeling at ease. I'm feeling like one with nature as well as one with my Nintendo Switch home console. Yes, yes. Close your eyes and envision yourself in a place where you have your Nintendo Switch home console. Slash handheld console. Slash handheld console. <laughs> I mean, haha. Teehee. Um, Kelly, we'll talk about it later, but it's finally upon us. The legend. Yes. Yes. Of. Yes. The, <laughs> I like the legend. <laughs> yes. Yes. Of. Yes. <laughs> I thought that maybe it needed no introduction. No, it doesn't. And I think it's time. Uh, oh, I'm awake now, by the way. Um, that was an unplanned bit. And I really like that Kelly and I can start something stupid. I'm just glad I started this dumb bit and Kelly committed with me. Thanks, Kelly. I believe in the yes and concepts of improv. Uh, yes. And Sony has shut down. Wow, I'm saying this really happy. Sony has shut down Pixel Opus. You might not be familiar with the studio's name, but you're probably familiar with their best-known game, Concrete Genie. came out a few years ago. The studio is going to be shutting down in just a few days here. Uh, I think this is horrendously bad news. Um, I've played Concrete Genie. It wasn't my favorite game ever, but it had a lot of creativity. It's fantastic to put money behind studios who have unique ideas, and I just think it's insane to me that Sony owns studios like this, and they just don't bother letting them make games, and instead they just shut them down, or in lots of cases merge them into bigger studios that are making kind of homogenous AAA games. I I'm yeah. I guess I'm very negative. What are your impressions? I mean, I don't I I have no personal attachment to this story because I've never played the game, but mm. I do think that it's sad whenever you see something like this. Um I think these little studios more often than not don't get the kind of grace that uh big studios often get. Yeah. Um just because of money, obviously, but yeah, just kind of a bummer. I guess I can't really say that it speaks to anything bigger because it's kind of a small drop in the pond in the overall scheme of things, mm-hmm. but it's pretty sad regardless. It's just the principle of the matter of like Sony has so much money, they really wouldn't have any trouble keeping studios like this open, keeping them, you know, flourishing and happy, making new creative products, but instead they go ahead and say, mm, you're not making the most money for us in the world time to shut your doors yeah and there's probably some behind the scenes stuff it's been years since concrete genie we hadn't heard about what they were up to so maybe they were developing a project and it just wasn't working out but i don't think this is the approach you know yeah 
It's like, oh, my washing machine's broken. Time to burn down my house. <laughs> yeah. Not a good yeah. week for PlayStation fans. Nope. Nope. But uh, maybe it was a good week for Nintendo fans for reasons that we might talk about later. <laughs> Pretty uh, big reason, yeah. <laughs> Um, but Nintendo has confirmed that its Switch software has surpassed 1 billion in sales. Uh, that's software, not hardware. Um, and uh, hardware sales have actually slowed. And uh, we're not getting any new hardware this year, which I don't think is <gasps> particularly shocking or surprising. Um, but yeah. That's the news from Nintendo. So a a billion units. Yeah, that's a lot of video games. Yeah, that's like a billion. Yeah, that's like more than a million. That's more than like ten. I can't. And the thing is, is this really proves the attach rate situation where like, yeah, the Nintendo Switch probably will not be the number one best-selling video game console ever. But the fact that this puts the average number of Switch games per console at like almost 10 is wild. And I know that's probably driven by like a smaller percentage of people that buy dozens of games. Like if you look at like, I have probably, like, including digital releases, 100 to 150 games on my Switch. Um, Kelly has, like, three. That's all. No, <laughs> Kelly, how, do you know how many Switch games you have? Obviously not a, an exact number, but about. Sorry, my foot fell asleep and it was freaking me out. Oh. Uh, it's still wake asleep, it up. but that's okay. Put it up to the microphone. Um, I'll wake it up. Oh, wait, don't put it up to oh, the microphone. Put it to your headphones. Right, right. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know how many games I have, honestly. I know for a fact I have one physical game. That's it? That's it. Everything else is digital. That's crazy. I have a yeah. giant it's Breath of the Wild. stack of games. I just am not really... I'm not a big... I don't have tons of physical copies anymore. It's just... It's just easier to do you're a, digital. You're a Zoomer. And, I am. And I'm a boomer. And you know, one day when the government collapses and the economy collapses and um, there's no such thing as digital anymore, then I'll be sorry because I won't be able to play anything but Breath of the Wild. Yeah, but you can come to my house and I'll have all those games still. Oh, okay. You're welcome. Well, hopefully that doesn't happen, but, you know. Yeah. I think the other thing from this story, the fact that Hardware slowing down, yeah. It's year seven. Of course it's slowing down. Um, and there not being new hardware this year is, like, really unsurprising. There were some reports that there might be a new console. So th basically the word is that the new console is going well, but they don't want to announce it yet, which is not surprising. A lot of people are concerned because the Switch was technically announced two years before release. So they're like, oh, no, does that mean Nintendo's console has to be at least two years away? It's like, no. Wii U was failing so hard that Nintendo had to be like, hey, investors, we're making an NX. So why would they do that now? Because investors are happy. 
They don't need to talk about what's next until it's time. Right. I still think there's a very good chance of late this year us seeing whatever's next. And I would say I stand by my, my belief that probably March or April of next year, there's a pretty darn good chance of some new hardware. I wouldn't say a certainty by any stretch, but a good chance. Yeah. I'll I'll we'll see. I I am less optimistic, but we shall see. Yeah. I mean, it's also funny cuz like Nintendo's really good at distracting us because uh recently I was playing Xenoblade 3, that DLC that I reviewed last episode and I was like, "Wow, I really wish Nintendo's hardware ran better." And like playing the game that we're playing this week, there are some performance issues. But the way they optimize the game, Tears of the Kingdom, it's just like I fall into it and I'm like, I forget that the hardware is aged. And I think that's like the Nintendo magic where Nintendo's real good at making games for their own hardware. So they also make you kind of forget of how old their hardware is sometimes. Yeah. But I still want new hardware, (laughs) please. Yeah. A game that I might be playing on my Switch 2, though, maybe if it ever comes out, is Hollow Knight <laughs> Silk Song. I don't know if you guys remember, but last June, during the Xbox showcase, during uh, E3-ish time, Xbox surprised us with a new trailer for Hollow Knight Silk Song, the sequel to Hollow Knight. And in the beginning of that presentation, they said every game in this presentation will be out in the next 12 months. Um... So, very recently, you may have been questioning, hmm, six months is coming up, or sorry, 12 months. Did I say six months? Yes. Everything in that presentation coming out in the next 12 months. So, by June 8th, or whatever it was. So, that meant Silk Song should have been out by June 8th. I don't know if you know this, listeners. That's really soon. <laughs> and we hadn't heard anything. But Matthew Griffin from Team Sherry, the developers, put out a little tweet and said, hey, guys. I know we had planned to release this before June 8th, but no. They have pushed it because, uh, as they said, quote-unquote, it's gotten quite big, unquote. I guess you don't have to say quote-unquote if you're going to say unquote at the end. (laughs) But this is pretty sad news for fans of Hollow Knight. This game just feels like it'll never come to fruition It's just pushed and pushed and pushed. And now yet another push has hit the Silk Song. Yeah. I think it's always a little bit scary whenever you see the phrase delayed indefinitely. Mm -hmm. But, you know, at least we know now. I kind of (laughs) kind of wish they (laughs) I kind of wish they didn't wait till May 9th to tweet this. It's like, guys. You got to It's less than a month out before you're supposed to release it. But they also didn't set a a firm release date. It was technically listed as first half of 2021. I'm sorry, 2023. I'm super off on my years. (laughs) You don't even know where you are anymore. I don't. But I'm sad for the fans of the series. But hopefully this means that the game will come out even higher quality. Yes. Um. Kelly, I have something to say. Sure. (sighs) 
Thank you. Thank you. I will take tips on Venmo. Incredible. Uh, I will not be tipping you. What? Uh, because I don't believe that you provided me with a service. What? Yeah. What? I, I think that it was fine. Do I need to do it again? No, I think we got the message. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I'm not doing it again. Don't worry. I don't want the audience to tune out and being like, no, I'm not. Or they click like the forward you- 15 button. <laughs> <laughs> they have already, pr- they have long since passed it. <laughs> they just hit it until the episode's over. <laughs> yeah, they're like, okay. Um, Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom dropped yes. this last Friday, Kelly. Yes. Tell me about it. Tell me your impre- uh, the asterisk, spoiler free. We'll be talking about some gameplay stuff, but if you saw the, I would say if you've seen most of the marketing pre-release, like that last trailer and the um, gameplay presentation, I'd say realistically, if you saw the gameplay presentation, you're good. We're not going to talk about story story specifics, and we won't say anything mechanically. Story spoilers. Nothing mechanically that you haven't seen already, so you don't gotta worry. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Kelly, what do you what do you don't think? Hit, don't. Don't hit that skip 15. 20 times. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I started the game Friday. I'm probably about 15 hours in now. Wow. Um, having a great time. I think that the game itself makes Breath of the Wild moot. Like you never have to play Breath of the Wild again. Mm, yeah. uh, because it is it improves upon Breath of the Wild in every way. Um, I think... It was a little bit difficult for me to not necessarily get excited, but I was kind of like, oh, like it's the same map, same story. Like, um, obviously, it's different. I think they've done a good job of changing the map enough that it's not, it doesn't feel one to one, obviously. Yeah. I think something interesting about the game is that it is harder, in my opinion. It's a lot harder than Breath of the Wild. Mm. I feel like the enemies are. And for a good reason, I feel like the enemies are smarter, um, both like in gameplay, but also like for story reasons, I believe that they're smarter, which I won't get into. Um, I've been having a really good time. I find that the gameplay loop is like really addicting mm-hmm. um, and just the sense of like variety that you have and your ability to solve things. Um, shrines are back, but they're a little bit different. And I feel like the game gives you good opportunity to go through the shrines in ways that you don't have to do it the same way every single time, which I like. Yeah. Um, I, I guess my one complaint, and this is it, and you already kind of mentioned it earlier, but the performance in some areas is just crazy bad like crazy bad like frames 
dropping below like 20 like it's just not good it doesn't it doesn't i mean the game looks really good but in these situations it's an eyesore now mind you i am playing in docked mode for the most part which i believe is a little bit different than handheld because i've been noticing that in handheld mode i don't get those frame drops as much and I know there's all sorts of like tricks that you can do, like downloading it onto the SD card instead of onto the system, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't think it, I don't think games should have to be like that. No. I know it was like that with um, Scarlet and Violet as well. People had all these tips and tricks to make the game look and perform better, but it should just look and perform better anyway. Yeah. All that being said, I don't think that these are like, they're not going to take away from your experience with the game because it's fun enough. And it's engaging enough that these things aren't an issue, in my opinion. And they go, and they're not, it, anytime this has happened, it has not lasted too long. I mean, it is the duration of like, if I use a certain ability, it is for the duration of that ability, and then it stops. Yeah. So I've definitely not noticed unbearable. like when you start certain abilities, like there's a, like a second or two where it's like booting up and the frames kind of. Specifically, like the ultra hand ability. I don't know if you've, yeah. it's when you tap L, it starts the ultra hand ability, and it's like it's literally like one or two seconds, but you notice it's kind of like struggling to start. Yeah, and I mean, and if you, I see why. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, and and maybe where you're at in the game, it doesn't occur as much, but where I'm at, when I use the ultra hand ability, the frames will drop for the duration of however long I have it up. Because mm, there's so, so many grabbable things. Yeah. So. It's not bad. It's just kind of annoying, and it's it's really my only issue with the game. It's my only critique. Yeah, I think that the software limitations of the Nintendo Switch are just like it's. I'm so over it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, it's just it's it's not. It should not be happening. It should never have been happening. Um, I just feel like the game itself is beyond the console. And, but Nintendo's just a little too slow on the draw. Yeah. Um, that being said, I don't. I feel like the game does a really good job of providing you with resources to solve problems. Mm-hmm. Um, not only just with like puzzles and stuff, but also like out in the real world. Um, I don't want to get too spoilery with where you're at. Um, but in the different sections of the game, you. I, I just felt like there was a good variety yeah. of of opportunities. Yeah. Um, and the open worldedness. When I first played Breath of the Wild, I felt very, very overwhelmed by the open worldness of it. Um, it was to the point where I like couldn't play it for a while because I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm overwhelmed. I'm not going to play. This game, I feel like, has a much better sense of like, okay, you should probably go here first. Um, and then, okay, you should probably go here second. And, uh, it just, I feel like it was a little bit more direct, which is good. Even the, oh, even though the game is still open world, it doesn't feel as overwhelming for me. And maybe that's because I'm more familiar with it anyway. Yeah. Because I've already been on, in this world, in this particular iteration of Zelda. Um, but still. I do think. I felt that they did a good job with that. I think they definitely hold your hand a lot more heavily than in Breath of the Wild um, at the start, I should say. Um, and you can just, you know, 
take your hand out of theirs. But like, there's a a clear path. Even at the beginning, like, you uh, start with the first shrine, and then you leave, and they're like, okay, here's two more, and you can see them, and you pick which one to go to. I'm going to guess 90% of people went to the one on the right because it was lower geographically. And I think it just, most people probably saw it and said, oh, that makes sense to start with. Um, my partner and I were playing simultaneously at that point, And they were like, oh, which one did you go to? And I said, oh, the one on the right. They were looking at their map and they were flipped. So they went to the one that I would have said was the left one, which was higher up mm. on like a snowy peak. Yes. And it's fascinating because... What, and this is like an example of like sequence break, not sequence breaking, but like doing it in the way that Nintendo wouldn't have expected but didn't mind because I did the first shrine and then I went and climbed the snowy peak. And after doing that, uh, there was one of those bird-like machines. Um, it was in the trailer when Link is standing on that little bird. You hop on it and you can kind of float down to where you need to go. And that bird took me very specifically to the next story point and I'm like oh so like they meant for me to do this second whereas my partner had a very differing experience because because they went up the mountain first and I think mm -hmm. that's always exciting because like we both got the same thing in the end and both had an incredible experience but even little things like that can make a big difference in how you approach this game and obviously this is just the tutorial where you only have two places to go total whereas when you hit the main main uh stretch of the open world you have not infinite but lots of ways to go um and i think i'm not going to repeat all my general impressions because i agree with kelly wholeheartedly like to an annoying degree um i got nothing to say that she didn't already <laughs> but as far as like specific gameplay experiences i'm just right off the bat i'm less far than kelly because i had a crazy weekend but i really appreciate what they are going for here and and the differing ways that you can express yourself i always talk about expressive game design games like breath of the wild games like uh hitman games that let you kind of control how you approach things um and i i personally think that those games are so hard to get right that it's either perfect or i don't want to play it because it's you just have to nail it so perfectly off the bat, mm -hmm. uh, there was a little snowy hill, and I was like, "Oh, I'll just climb this." And I grab onto it, and I slip down. Oh, it's made of ice. That's new to Breath or to Tears of the Kingdom. No big deal. What am I? Am I going to go around? And then I turn around and I see three trees. And I'm sure you know, I do what they want me to. I got the monkey brain, and the designers know what I'm going to do. But it feels like I thought it up. I cut down those three trees. I use the Ultra Hand ability, which, if you don't know, is the ability to just fuse items in the world together. And I fuse the three trees together end to end, pick it up, lean it against that ice wall, and I have a ladder. Mm -hmm. And it's that was so simple. It took me a minute. And it, again, the designers knew that's what I was going to do. Most of these things are designed in a way where the designers make you think you're doing something creative, but most people will do exactly what they want um that's fine if you make me feel smart i don't care that i'm not uh it was just so wonderful to do that and i was like i have made my way in this game it's not just a waypoint and they said climb this ladder which 
Breath of the Wild was incredibly expressive, but this game makes it so that you have to, you make the path forward way more. Whereas Breath of the Wild was more about uh, kind of trudging forward and getting past obstacles, um, deciding what paths you'd take. This game feels more like create a path for yourself, whether that means, you know, building a, a car out of parts that you find on the side of the road or taking three trees and making a stupid looking ladder thing so that you can get over <laughs> a little ice mound. And I'm, I cannot express how thrilled I am to see where this game takes me. Um, this is one of the few times I do wish like we were bigger because having a review copy of this game would have been wonderful just because I'm so scared of like seeing things online and I'm like I just want to discover as much as I can on my own and I don't even mean story if I saw how the game ended I'd be a little annoyed but like this game's not about story first it's about again expressive design you are in there expressing yourself through the design mechanics through the mechanics that these designers created and I like the runes in the first game I like the bomb. I like the magnet. This game, the runes are astronomically more central and astronomically more important to how you play and how you approach problems. You know? Mm -hmm. um, bombs in the first game were great, but honestly, it's a one-use thing. There's one purpose. Go boom. And that could do a yeah. few things. You could knock down a tree, hurt an enemy, blow up a little rock wall. This game, the first time you see a rock wall is when they teach you how to fuse a sword to an item. They give you a giant sword, and they give you a boulder, and they encourage you to fuse them. And then you whack the rock wall. And I'm like, okay, so this is not just some new means of approaching these barriers, these literal rock walls that you have to break down it's a means of creating meaning in like the world around you this is the boulders were mostly decorative in the first game swords were just swords in the first game but now by simply combining those two things you have created a means to get through that rock wall that's the least interesting one because they you know they give you a sword and a rock. Like they're showing you what to do. But the potential of what you could do with that, all of the different combinations, all of the different approaches to problems in the world, all the different ways to explore this gigantic sprawling space. Um, it's just truly exciting to me. And like Kelly said, I think the open world is like, they changed a lot. You're not going to walk around and be like, ugh, I've already been here. The only times that that happens are when they want you to be like, oh, I'm back here from Breath of the Wild. This game is a lot of new space, and even the reused spaces have a lot of changes to them. And then, you know, there's a lot of new as well. Those sky islands are big. They're not little. <laughs> they are very large. There's a lot to explore. I'm just, I'm excited by the prospect of what this game can be. And I, I, I'm in the opening hours. I'm just getting started. I got a hundred and fifty hours ahead of me, probably. 
I have a lot to see still. Yeah. But it's definitely going to be a, a long journey. <laughs> and longer. Uh, I don't know how many shrines there are. I'm not going to Google that yet. But like, this one's going to be bigger than Breath of the Wild, is what I'm gathering. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. That game was big. Yeah. This game, this is a big game. And I think right off the bat, I think ever since they showed uh, the Fuse and Ultra Hand abilities in that, that showcase like a month ago, I was like, I get it now. This game is not just like an addition to Breath of the Wild. This game is enormous and there's so much fleshed out stuff here. They explained why it took six years for this to come out. They really did. Yeah, it's definitely a, its own world. Mm-hmm. Ripe for the exploring. Uh, very spoiler free. I mean, like, let, let's not even talk specifics at all. Story impressions. Um, there's, uh, <laughs> are you trying to dodge spoilers or trying to create your opinion? I'm trying to dodge spoilers. I feel like there's elements of the story that I'm kind of tired of, mm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that I don't like it. Yeah. I just feel like I, I don't know because, no, I'm not going to say anything. I just, there are certain story elements that I just feel like are a little bit done. By. They're a little bit wrought by Zelda, by the Legend of Zelda, each specific universe, each game, each iteration. I feel as though these elements happen continuously and I'm yeah. not talking about like, oh, the Triforce, it's Ganondorf and Link and Zelda. I'm talking about other things. Cyclical um, plot I, points. Yeah, and I think that in some ways I enjoy the like the cyclical cyclical cyclical. Sorry, that was a bad word choice. Of the Triforce and the three of them, blah blah blah. I, I enjoy that. I think it's interesting. There, are, it's it's other things at play that I'm just kind of like over it. Yeah. Um. And I think that the developers and the writers mostly had something a little bit different that they could have done with this story that it doesn't seem like they're choosing to do. So yeah. it's fine though. Not going to be mad about it. I because I'm enjoying myself and I and I. And I like the story. I love this version of Link. I think he's just a guy, you know, and I think that's my favorite form of Link. He's a cutie. Um, it's why I like Twilight Princess Link so much. He's just a guy um, who just wants to help. He's a little helper. Um, but, uh, but yeah. I My f- thing about this story, I'm excited to see where it goes, um, even if it kind of follows a lot of uh, Zelda staples that kind of take away some of the the shock factor and the excitement that could exist the thing for me is the story they've written is lore wise very exciting i'm excited to see some of the new stuff they got going and i think that what that contributes to specifically with like the zonai which are like the robot dude that little robot thing that was a zonai uh creation I think mm-hmm. this ancient culture of the Zonai that they've created really adds to the aesthetic and uh, 
Yeah, the aesthetic is really the the main thing. I think the the changes that they've made to that, to the visuals, the music, the sound, um, and how committed to the, all those things they are, that's what really excites me the most. Um, right off the bat, like, you know, I bought. I talked about how I bought the Switch OLED um, because we needed a second Switch. We also needed a second Switch Pro controller, so we got the Zelda one, the Tears of the Kingdom one, and that both of those things I thought looked kind of cool, but now that I'm in the game, I'm like, oh my goodness, like these these aesthetic choices, these uh, circles, if you will, like all these different designs and stuff that that run through the entire world are so cool and so central to the game that like the physical item I own looks cooler now. It means more to me, and I'm excited by that. I'm really excited by that, and to to kind of see um, more of how these choices impact the world, because that's one of the biggest things. It's like, yeah, it's the same open world, kinda, but putting a no co new coat of paint on it that's so different um, is really exciting, because I feel like Breath of the Wild really committed to like the ancient Hyrule look, which even if it did it really well, we've seen before. Um, I feel like it kind of reminded me a lot of um, Skyward Sword, just like a fleshed out, beautiful uh, Skyward Sword aesthetic. And this game does not have that. It feels almost like a little menacing and a little uh, peculiar. And I'm, I love that. And I'm, I'm glad that they decided to take that direction. I don't know where the story is going to go. It's not as dark from the get-go as like something like Majora's Mask, which I know a lot of people were kind of hoping. But it is like it's not all peachy. Like it's there are some definitely darker than Breath of the Wild beats from the get-go. And the game starts in like an ominous way, and I thought that was I'm glad they went for that. Yeah. Yeah. I have a pretty open week on purpose. I made sure I didn't double plan anything or book myself too heavily. And I think I'm really going to devour this game a lot. Um, there's other games like I want to play and part of me is just like, no, that's not going to happen. Like, <laughs> like I got the new star Wars game from the library, which I was excited to play. And I was just waiting till it, you know, got to the library to play it. But like, I'm like, I can't play that right now. Humanity that indie comes out on PlayStation plus if you're listening this day of recording it's out now i really want to play that but Bye. buddy i ain't got time <laughs> for that i got yeah. link to walk around as yeah uh anyway i love ultra hand so much yeah it's fun it's it's uh it's been really fun seeing everybody's different uh creations on twitter i I don't, I'm sure we talked about this a bit on the show. When I saw the reveal of Ultra Hand, my brain went like, wow, there's a lot of potential behind that. And I started thinking about like all the people on YouTube who do like wild things with Breath of the Wild. And I'm like, I'm excited to see what they do with this game. But I didn't think I would want to touch it much. I was like, I'll probably do it to cross puzzles, like to finish puzzles that require it. And that's it. I think I'll just want to, you know, I'll just climb. I'll just climb like I did in Breath of the Wild. I'll just play this like Breath of the Wild. That's what I thought. I was wrong, and I'm shocked about it. Like, the second they gave me Ultra Hand, and I kind of felt it, and the controls are a little, uh, mm, weird. Like, controlling the Ultra Hand ability feels kind of odd. Do you agree? At first, yeah. at least. 
Yeah. There's like a rotate button and then you can move with a D-pad. And I was like, oh. I f- see, I feel like I'm used to it by now, but. Uh, yeah, it's, I, it's cause weird, I use, but you get It's probably it. the, my most used ability. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's definitely kind of hard to get a hang of in like from the jump. Yeah. I feel like the only, I feel like in this game, the, uh. What's a good, what's the elevate button called when you jump through surfaces? Uh, I don't remember. Well, when you jump through a surface and come out the other side on top, that and the uh, I just had a complete brain fart. I promise I'm okay. Uh, the elevate button and the reverse rune. I feel like those are the most case use case case use. Is that which one is it? Is it case use? Case by case. Case by case. It you only use it when you need it. Like, it's pretty mm-hmm. clear when you look at something, oh, I could use this. Um, whereas Ultra Hand and Fuse, especially Ultra Hand, there's just so much potential. You could do so much with that ability. And no matter, like, even the best abilities in Breath of the Wild did not have that, you know? There was potential mm-hmm. with different mechanics, but, like, this game gives you, from the very start, this incredible, wildly versatile tool that can be used in so many different ways. And I cannot fathom what is in the future of this game as far as, like, the fan communities and stuff. It's going to be... This is, like... You know how they make YouTube videos about Breath of the Wild still? And they're like, 30 things you still didn't know about Breath of the Wild. I think they're going to be doing that for, like, 48 years with this one. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Like, did you know you can stack enough trees to climb, like, to the moon? No, I didn't know that. Thank you for letting me know. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> I haven't pushed the limits of Ultra Hand yet, but I am curious what they are. I, They're not... It's not very limited. It's pretty free um, from what I've seen. And I'm excited about that. But yeah. at the very start, I like tried to fuse four trees together. And I'm like, there's no way to let me fuse four trees together. And I fused like six trees together in the end. And I was like, oh, you can make a really long stick. (laughs) Yeah. And then like there's these floating platforms that are right at the start of the game that you can move around with Ultra Hand and they stay elevated in the air. Um, And there was just one by where I was. And there was a gigantic uh, high, like a gigantic raise I had to do. Like I had to get really high is what I'm trying to say. And there's no way I could climb that because I had, you know, low stamina at the start of the game. And I made a tree stack and I was like, oh, this is going to be hard to like balance this perfectly because it's so high. And then I realized I could just use it to that floating platform. And then I just had a gigantic tree that I could move around freely. And I was like, this is insane. And it's just like silly, but the potential of what, how you can approach problems is so exciting. I know I'm just repeating myself now, but it's rarely do games feel exciting like this. You know, they feel great and they feel good. Like, really well-made games. I can't name the last time I played a game, and I'm like, this is exciting to just think about and play, obviously. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I feel <laughs> the same. I It's hard to, like, articulate better than you already have um, because I feel like most of our thoughts are sort of similar. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm I'm, like, I find myself... Like, usually with the Switch, I'll play a game in docked mode, and then I'll be like, okay, I played it for, like, an hour or two. Like, I'm going to take a break, come back to it. But with this game, 
last night I was like playing in handheld like in my bed at like 11 even though I knew it was like I should go to bed I was like but I can just do this one more shrine <laughs> oh I remember those days night. I'm gonna be in that again very soon yeah so so you 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 forced me into handheld Nintendo so 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 there so you won you don't have an OLED right you have an old old fashioned mm-hmm. no 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 just I yeah I have I, I have like a like an early switch, like a, a OG model. Like, yeah, I think so. That was one thing I I didn't talk about this because we didn't have the Switch OLED for that long last episode. The battery life blew my mind. <laughs> like my partner played mm-hmm. Hades for probably like four hours, not in a sitting, like four hours between taking it off the dock and when I was like, hey. Is that thing like dying? Like it was like two days where it was just sitting on like the coffee table, getting picked up, put down, picked up, put down. And I was like, is that thing dying? They were like, no, we still got like 40% battery. I was like, holy crap. Versus my switch, which like two hours, two hours tops, which is, that's Mm -hmm. plenty. If you have a dock, you just put it back on the dock. But like, oh my goodness, long batteries are convenient. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Uh, I unfortunately do not get the benefit of long battery, long lasting batteries with my old Switch, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I um look forward. I feel like this is one of those games we're gonna be talking about for several weeks. Oh yeah, definitely. We haven't. How? What games have we had where that happened? That's very unusual for us. Yeah. I- I mean, I we talked about Resident Evil for a while, Resident Evil Four. Yeah, because we, we kind of we had like a staggered play. Weeks. Yeah, and uh, maybe I don't know. I can't think of anything else. Yeah, that's not really how we play. Like, I feel like you and I kind of skip between games every week, and the only time like I don't know, we don't stick to games all that long. But this is going to be like. I'm just going to make Tears of the Kingdom the thumbnail for the next, like, eight weeks. Yeah, might as well. I am not, like, oh my goodness. Final Fantasy sixteen is not far away. Yeah, I know. What are we supposed to do? We're just going to have to suffer. Suffer? Yeah, we're going to have to suffer. That's kind of intense, Kelly. We're going to have to suffer and prioritize. Prioritize... Tears of the Kingdom. We're going to have to, yeah, figure out what we're going to do. Yeah. Also, just at a glance, the only other time in this show's history where we've been, like, consistently talking about a game for weeks is Elden Ring. True. And that was, like, that got that got thumbnail status two weeks in a row. That's how you know. Yeah, that was serious business. And that's probably... Tears of the Kingdom will probably leave the thumbnail pretty quick because... I'll try to play other stuff to review, but we'll see. We will see. Yeah, we will. Um, I guess we uh, don't want to don't want to stretch this out. We talked about Zelda for a long time. Oh yeah. But that was inevitable. We could probably talk for another three hours, but hey, let's spread that out over the next few weeks. Even though we'll probably have another like four hours of stuff to talk about in just seven days. 
Yeah. I'm thrilled that we're back. We took that week off. And now we're here with Zelda, which will be our lives. What? <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everybody. I am excited to play more Zelda. And also for you to play more Zelda, if that's what you are doing. Me or them? No, you like the collective listeners, oh, you. Sorry, I won't. I'll stop. But you too. <gasps> I'm excited for you, you too. Thank you, Kelly. You're so welcome. And thank you for providing a little bit of peace and tranquility oh. in these trying times. You're, you couldn't be more welcome, Kelly. I'm glad that we as a team are able to create such a comforting, tranquil environment. Tranquil was the word I used at the start, right? That's correct, yes. Tranqui if you cannot describe this podcast as tranquility encapsulated, we are failing as hosts. <laughs> I mean, T he. he. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for listening we look forward to seeing you again next week bye